Things are getting worse, not better. The signs of economic collapse are all around us, from inflation to currency to the markets. Now, the smart thing to do is to prepare for more shortages and breakdowns. You prepare before it happens. Once it happens, it's already too late. And we look at what's coming. Now, we do have a solution. And the solution is to invest in long-term emergency food kits from My Patriot Supply. This is one way to get ready. You are not preparing because you're alarmist. You're preparing because you're smart. They're the nation's largest preparedness company, and they have millions of well-prepared customers who depend on their food. It will get you through whatever's ahead, whatever you're facing, whatever you and your family are facing. You act today. Take action. Save $50 on a four-week emergency food kit. The meals in this four-week kit provide over 2,000 calories a day to give you the physical energy that you will need for survival. Be sure to get one kit for each person in your family. And remember, grab another one, throw it in the back of the car. You never know when you're gonna be stuck overnight in your car, you're gonna long drive somewhere, car breaks down, you are stuck overnight, you've got something, especially like me, you've got little kids, you have that peace of mind of knowing that it's there. So you go to preparewithposo.com, you get $50 off each kit today. So when the next crisis hits, you will be glad that you made this decision. Save $50, go to preparewithposo.com today. Preparewithposo.com. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome aboard today's edition of Human Events Daily, powered by Turning Point USA. Massive, massive story today. First up, Black Lives Matter of Louisville has bailed out the suspect the accused assassin, attempted assassin in the attempted murder of a Jewish mayoral candidate. Next, another BLM story, Amazon has kicked BLM out of their charity program as Clinton associates are taking on leadership roles in Black Lives Matter. Next, a new paper in Nature, a new study, discusses bat coronaviruses discovered in Laos, yet no foreign cleavage site was found there. And then finally, the, a Yellowstone star is set to boycott the SAG Awards over the vaccine mandate. He's not getting it. All this and more ahead, Human Events Daily. So what you're seeing right there are actual images from the United States right now, the year 2022. Black Lives Matter, one of their funds in Louisville, has bailed out a Black Lives Matter activist who was just arrested and charged for taking shots at a Jewish candidate in Louisville. Now, what's interesting is that if you listen to the lawyer in all of this, they're not really contesting what happened. Um, we don't know if there's video of this because uh, it did take place in an office. However, 
This was an area where there were multiple people around. The suspect was immediately arrested. So tons of witnesses, obviously, including the person, uh, Craig Greenberg, who was shot at. And we're told that it almost hit him, struck his clothing. He said he struck his jacket or I think his, uh, his sweater he said he was wearing. And yet BLM comes in, $100,000 in bail, paid, and you, can, and you can actually see it on film. And so I'm going to give credit here, a random act of journalism that was done by the local reporters that actually followed BLM and went to uh, the sheriff's office and went to the county and then actually has the video. So you're looking at actual video of, of BLM bailing out an attempted murderer. And then many people are saying, well, hold on a second, what's going on here? Why would BLM just get behind someone who's so obviously a criminal? Does this really seem like the first time that BLM has gotten behind a criminal and supported them? If you think it is, you haven't been paying attention. Well, here's the full story from WHAS 11. That's the ABC affiliate down in Louisville. The Louisville Community Bail Fund, supported by BLM Louisville, paid the $100,000 bond set for Quintez Brown Wednesday afternoon. The bail fund was posted for a man charged with the attempted murder of a mayoral candidate. He was let out on bail, right? <laughs> Obviously a flight risk. Um, and as far as we know, of course, Greenberg is still a public figure, so who's just out in the community. But we're told that he is going to be going on house incarceration. So as long as he doesn't leave his house, everything's going to be fine. You know, but the January 6 defendants, they're not a leave out because they committed the even worse crime of walking around the U.S. Capitol without permission. So they walked around the U.S. Capitol without permission. They've been held for over a year without bail. But a guy who shoots at a Jewish candidate for office gets let out within two days, shoots him on Monday, tries to shoot him on Monday, back out on the street on Wednesday. That is justice in the United States today. Makes sense, right? Makes a whole lot of sense. And by the way, BLM Louisville, people were going to them on Twitter and they said, why would we support you? Why would we do this when you just bailed out a guy who supported or shot at a government official? And BLM Louisville responds, actually, it was a candidate. Oh, so yeah, actually, it was a candidate. You know, this is, this is one of those things, folks, where when you talk about us being a country in decline, right, and then you look at this and you step back and look at it and say, yeah, we're a country in decline. We can't put criminals in jail. And even when we catch the criminals, we can't leave them there because our society is broken. People say, oh, the CCP is in decline. China's in decline. They're about to collapse. No, they're not the ones in decline. They're not the ones doing stuff like this. Could you imagine if BLM tried to do something like this in Shanghai or Chongqing or Beijing? Ridiculous, absolutely ridiculous. Shoot a guy or try to shoot a guy and then you're back out on the street? No, not happening. No serious country would conduct itself this way. No serious society would conduct itself this way. And we used to be a serious country. We used to be a serious society, but now we are in collapse. And the fact that we cannot keep violent criminals off the street in the name of reform tells you everything. Well, Amazon, you know them. They're the most powerful company in the country, possibly in the world. They're practically the new U.S. government. They've got ties to uh, the CIA. And also, of course, they own, or Jeff Bezos owns, the Washington Post. So one of the most powerful companies in the world, make no mistake. 
Amazon just removed Black Lives Matter from their charity platform amid growing concerns over lack of financial transparency. This is out of Epoch Times. They've removed them from Amazon Smile from that program over the financial transparency issues. Now, we talked about these issues last week. And what was going on is that they are not in compliance in multiple states now for their financial status. And if you are not in compliance for your financial status as a nonprofit in the states in which you are incorporated or where you have chapters, and if you raise $1, if you raise $1 after that moment, you are now committing federal wire fraud. And Amazon knows that, and they don't wanna be part of this thing. They don't wanna be facilitated because shocking, I know, I know, it's absolutely shocking to think that Black Lives Matter would potentially be, potentially be <laughs> malfeasant in their handling of finances. I know, I know, right? Nobody ever believed this. We definitely didn't see this coming. Who could have? Really, who could have? But now Amazon has dropped them. Absolutely huge. So an Amazon spokesperson confirmed charitable organizations must meet the requirements outlined in our participation agreement to be eligible for Amazon Smile. Among eligibility requirements, organizations are required to be good standing in their state of incorporation and in the states and territories where they're authorized to do business. Organizations that don't meet the requirements listed in the agreement may have their eligibility suspended or revoked. Now, Amazon, of course, donated $10 million to social justice groups, including BLM, in 2020 at the height of the organization's popularity amid nationwide demonstrations. But now they're running around. They can't account for their finances. $60 million. Nobody seems to know who's in charge of it. Nobody seems to know where it's gone. And they're bailing out people in Louisville. And this is, this is the Louisville chapter. And the finances are, of course, spread apart. They're bailing out people who are shooting at Jewish mayoral candidates. This is your country. This is the United States of America in decline. It's the US in decline, right? You have the decline, then you have collapse, then you have fall. So are we gonna go on that progression or are we going to do something about it? That's basically the situation. Well, fear not, let not your heart be troubled because the saviors, the cavalry are riding in. Who's it going to be? Who's it going to be? Of course, it's Hillary Clinton. Former Secretary Hillary Clinton's associates are taking on now leadership roles in the overall BLM organization. For our friends at Post Millennial, recent filings from the Black Lives Matter Global Network Foundation have revealed that two close Hillary associates have taken on key roles at the organization as it continues to suffer a number of blows over leadership and finances. Who is this? Well, first of all, we've got Democratic lawyer Mark Elias. You remember Mark Elias. He's the guy that got all the rule changes done in the voting in 2020, and he's also the one that allowed the funding of the British ex-spy Christopher Steele's Trump dossier that served to create literally all of Russiagate. Well, we just found out that the Elias Law Group is now going to be running the books for the Black Lives Matter Global Foundation. Isn't that nice? Isn't that wonderful? And this, of course, uh, is with uh, New Mexico, Arizona, and Oakland that are listed as the addresses, courtesy of Elias Law Group. Uh, they also have an individual, and pulling up her name here, Minion Moore, who's going to be a new board member for BLM. She's a longtime associate of Clinton World, including serving as an assistant to President Bill Clinton and the Director of White House Political Affairs. Um, 
Afterwards, she went on to serve as the CEO of the Democrat National Committee. Uh, she's also been described as, as being on the executive council of the Clinton campaign, along with Huma Abedin, John Podesta, Robbie Mook, Jennifer Palmieri, and of course, everyone's favorite, Jake Sullivan. Jake Sullivan, who is now the Biden administration's national security advisor. Do you get it? Do you see how it's all connected? It's a big club and you're not in it. It's a big club and you're not in it. So here's Hillary Clinton, former Secretary of State Hillary Clinton, discussing BLM. They were totally peaceful protesters. And what he was trying to do, as he often does, is to mischaracterize them and their uh, behavior and their goals and lump them in with the tiny, tiny minority of people who took advantage of a tragic moment uh, to loot and to steal and to vandalize, a tiny, tiny percentage. And he wanted to cast that over the millions of, you know, very thoughtful, nonviolent, peaceful protesters. Look, here's what's going on. The Clinton Foundation ran out of money because they were taking in money while she was Secretary of State. Julian Assange talks about this. He would say he actually had that clip I posted the other day, went viral again, where he was saying that he looked into the Trump Organization in Russia, couldn't find anything, said they were trying to do a deal, it didn't work out. But then he looked at the Clinton Foundation and said, whenever you wanted a decision from the Secretary of State, favorable decision, you donated to the Clinton Foundation. But that all dried up. Well, now they've got a new Clinton Foundation. And her new foundation is called the Black Lives Matter Global Network. Nice work if you can get it. Well, folks, Mike Lindell of MyPillow was attempting to get up to the Canadian border, was actually briefly detained along with RSBN's crew. They were turned back. They were trying to get 10,000 pillows, a truck full of them, up to the freedom fighters, the truckers of Ottawa. They were turned around at the border and Mike Lindell was there with them. He was gonna go to bring porters. This wasn't pillows. This wasn't weapons of mass destruction, okay? This wasn't, he wasn't running guns. He wasn't trafficking people. He was trying to, could you find a less, you know, dangerous object in the entire world than literally soft pillows? That's what he's bringing. Soft pillows across the border, not allowed. That's what was blocked by the agents of Prime Minister Trudeau at the border. Understand what's going on. But the fight continues, the fight goes on, you have to put your shoulder to wheel because every once in a while, there comes a time to stop talking and start acting. And that's why you go to MyPillow.com, you use backslash POSO, you put in the promo code, you support the efforts of MyPillow, you support this man, you support what he's doing. He is, uh, Mike Lindell, he is like the spirit animal of the freedom movement. I don't know if everybody understands that, but that's really who he is. Huge news in a study. Not any, I don't think anyone has picked up on this yet. Huge news that is now coming out of the University of Paris and the Institut Pasteur. So the Pasteur Institute of the University of Paris, a new study was just published in the journal Nature. Bat coronaviruses related to SARS-CoV-2 and infectious for human cells. Okay, interesting. So what's going on? Well, Turns out that researchers, they're having trouble getting into China, as we all know. Lots of trouble, can't get in there, can't get into this Wuhan lab. Where did SARS-CoV-2 come from? How do we do research on it? Can't get there, what's happening? But if you remember, the cave where we're told these bats came from was Quinming. Well, Quinming is very close 
to the border between China and Laos. So they sent, this is actually very clever, they sent researchers into northern Laos and into the caves there to study the cave bats. And they did study the cave bats. And they guess what? They found coronaviruses that were in this cave bat population. And they said, look, we've been told again and again that this thing was arisen from nature. Right? That's what Dr. Fauci has been telling us all along. Naturally occurring, naturally occurring, naturally occurring. Don't look at that lab. Peter Daszak, EcoHealth Alliance. Don't look at the lab. Nothing to do with the lab. So they go to the bats. They say, okay, show us the bats where it came from. Where is the host population? Where is the original population? Where is patient zero? Where's the village, right? Where's the truck? Where's the, you know, the, the, the group of people, right? That got hit by this thing first. Can't find them. Doesn't exist. Why is that? So they go to Laos, check the coronaviruses. Guess what? They find them, but they're not the same coronaviruses. Similar, very similar, but what do they not have? A furin cleavage site. There's no furin cleavage site found. What the heck is a furin cleavage site? Don't listen to me. Let's listen to Nick Wade, a medical researcher and journalist who talks about this. The specific sequence of amino acids that is recognized by furin then your virus is going to have a much easier task of infecting human airway cells because there'll be furin proteins all around to help cleave its spike protein, cutting off the S1 part, allowing the S2 part to deploy. So lo and behold, when you look at the SARS-2 virus, the most distinctive feature of it that comes out to any virologist is that right at the S1, S2 junction, just where it needs to have one, is a furin cleavage site. That's a, a sequence of, of amino acids that is recognized by uh, furin. Hmm. And the other remarkable feature is that SARS-2 is the only member of its viral family that has this site. Okay, so you get that. The furin cleavage site is specifically found in SARS-CoV-2. But when you look at this new study, what does it say? Our findings, uh, none of the, these bat viruses harbor a furin cleavage site in the spike. None. Not one was found in Laos. Now, is that dispositive? Of course not. It's not dispositive. So that doesn't prove that this thing came from gain-of-function experiments in Wuhan. But, again, we keep going. We keep doing research. And people are actually out there doing science in the field trying to figure this out. And they still haven't been able to find a pass-through species. But you know what we have found? A lab that won't give us answers. Hey, I wanna to apologize to y'all for not being at the Screen Actors Guild Awards. I mean, no offense to anyone. Uh, I, I'm, I'm not vaccinated and it's a requirement to be vaccinated to be at the Screen Actors Guild Awards ceremony. You have to be vaccinated with a booster shot and a negative uh, COVID test within 48 hours, and got to wear a K95, 62, whatever kind of mask. And uh, I, I, I'm not vaccinated. I will not get vaccinated. I haven't been vaccinated since I was a little kid. An absolute stand by an actual American cowboy. That's Forey Smith who is an actor on, of course, television's number one show, Yellowstone. He plays the character, it's ra senior ranch hand Lloyd Pierce. 
Now, if you watch Yellowstone, um, my family, a lot of conservative families, we do watch Yellowstone. We don't watch a lot of, certainly don't watch a lot of TV, but that's one of the shows that once a week, we will tune in and watch that because it just shows a conservative, anti-woke take, great characters. It's basically, and you know, if you watch Yellowstone, you know this, it's basically Game of Thrones set in Montana in, you know, in the modern day, right? It's, it's pretty much the idea of it. You know, there's, there's always competing factions and plots and people backstabbing each other, a lot of soap opera kind of drama, but it's also done in a prestige sort of format. So you get these these beautiful lush landscapes, they film the entire thing on location, et cetera, et cetera. Well, a lot of the people, including Taylor Sheridan, who's the writer and creator and one of the actors on it, uh, actually grew up being real life cowboys. And how amazing is it that in today's day and age, to be a rebel, to be independent, to be free-minded, is to go up and say, I will not comply with your bio-mandate, Hollywood. I'm checked out. I mean, this is, how could you be more legit than this? And by the way, let me tell you something, all right? You want to be a little bit, you know, let's just go behind the curtain here a little bit. Hollywood celebrities are probably the most anti-vaccine people in the entire world. The entire anti-vaccine movement started in Hollywood. You can go find Jim Carrey's old tweets. They're all still up. There's a ton of uh, celebrities from back in the day. And it was all, it was all over Hollywood. And I've been told by a lot of people that work there still, that work in the industry, you know, covertly, who, by the way, also listen to Human Events Daily, so they'll know this. There's a lot of actors in Hollywood right now that are operating fake papers. Say they got the shot, they ain't getting nothing. So the difference here isn't just that he didn't get the jab. No, 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 no. The difference here is that he's taking a stand. He's not going to take it, and he's not going to lie about having taken it. Because I guarantee you there's ton A-list celebrities, A-plus-plus-plus-list celebrities that will not go anywhere near this thing. But Forey Smith, he's the one who's man enough to come out publicly and state it and say that he won't go to get an award for a great show. I had some issues with last season, and even specifically what they did with his character last season with Lloyd, but it is a great show, and it's definitely better than anything out on TV. So kudos to you. Thank you for taking a stand. I have no idea what his politics are, what his background is, but when you see that video, you see the genuine nature behind it, and you know that's a good guy who's standing up for the right thing. And so ends today's transmission of Human Events Daily. Thank you once again. Remember our motto, our oath, our solemn vow to you. Be good, be brief, be gone. This has been your highest packed action, analysis, and detailed information that you're going to get of the news today. Remember, information, not indoctrination. Human Events Daily. Remember, our homework to you. Share this out with one of your normie friends and then leave us a five-star review on Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. But before we go, it's time for today's history break. February 17th, 1989. Scientists studying the ozone layer. Remember the ozone layer? This is before global warming. The ozone layer was the big thing. They went in to the Arctic to try to determine if there was an ozone hole up there. Well, guess what? There wasn't one. You know what they found out? They didn't actually understand how the ozone layer worked. So remember that when someone tells you that the science is changing because science doesn't change. People change, and our understanding of science changes. Ladies and gentlemen, as always, you have my permission to lay ashore.